0: It is the end of a year. Can you believe it? I know the end of the year is always an exciting time. Maybe you're like me and you've got your planner and journal all ready for the new year. You've started working on your vision board and you've got some goals already in your mind. You are ready to go. If this is you, hold up there, my hustler friend. It is time to slow it down first. And yes, I am talking to you. The end of the year is a great time to reflect first, to see if your goals worked And what didn't, and to really understand if your goals actually made you feel the way you wanted to feel, or if you have to change something up before you dive headfirst into 2020. If you are listening to this, I highly recommend you take some time to reflect on your year, just like I did. And I'm about to share more about that on this episode. Here's the thing: I practice what I preach, and I did my own year interview for myself. And I had so many lessons that I just knew I wanted to share them with you. So I'm breaking it down in the next two episodes what worked and what didn't in both my business and my personal life. My hope for you is this, that you listening to this experience, you hear my successes and my failures, and it inspires you to reflect for yourself because I know that you have many successes and failures to learn from. I also hope this gives you some ideas of what you might wanna try in the next year. And I hope it also gives you some ideas of what mistakes you can hopefully avoid so you can learn from what I did wrong. Today, I'm sharing the biggest lessons from my personal life, what worked, and what didn't. Stay tuned for the next episode, episode 16, which is going to be all about what worked and what didn't in my big goal for the year, my business. So in case you're curious what it looks like behind the scenes in my personal life as a mompreneur, real estate investor, podcast host, wife, mama, overachieving, people-pleasing, perfectionist, (laughs) here is what it looked like. Here's what worked and what didn't in 2019, and what I learned, what's ahead, and how I can help you make 2020 your best year ever. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Hello there, Golden Girl, and thank you so much for joining for another episode of Golden Girl's podcast. Here is what worked, what didn't, and what I learned in 2019 that I know will help you make 2020 your best year ever. I love the end of the year and the start of a new year. This is the perfect time to slow down and reflect. I have to say, I'm a big believer in the power of reflection. I do it weekly, monthly, quarterly, and of course, yearly. I love goals. You got to know that. I mean, my podcast is Golden Girls for a reason. There's so, so much fun in looking to the future. Like it gets me so excited to think about what is possible. But there really is power in looking back and reflecting I find our culture really glorifies this like hustle and grind and fast moving, go, 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 forward, forward, future, 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 but there really is power in slow and in flow and in reflection. Now, I won't pretend to be the expert on all things slow and flow, but I do know this. This is an incredibly powerful time to reflect and check in on your life and how it's going. I want you to remember this. Goals are just intention. And so whether you achieve them or not, there's something to learn. Intention is how you showed up, how you feel, how you lived, and how you experienced your life for the last year. The new year is an incredible time to see if your goals made you feel the way you wanted to feel, or if there's some things you need to tweak and change up for the next year. If you haven't already, I highly suggest you spend some time this season, like literally take 30 minutes and figure out for you last year what worked, what didn't, and what is next. If you haven't already, make sure you listen to episode 14, So You Didn't Achieve Your Goal, Now What?, where I talk about how to review your year. I am going to share with you guys what came out of my year in review, but before I do that, I just want to make sure you know that I have a free playbook for you so you can review your year too, and you can grab it at lisamichaud.com forward slash year in review. And don't worry, I got that in the show notes for you, of course, too. Now, you better believe I actually use the things that I share with you guys, so I did my own year in review. I decided that I wanted to dish with you guys what worked and what didn't in both my business and my personal life. It's going to be broken down over the next two episodes so that I don't overwhelm you with all the things, because frankly, it was hard to just pick the best lessons that I knew would help you. Today's episode is all about the best lessons from my personal life and what's ahead there. Stay tuned for episode 16, which is going to be all the things that worked and what didn't in my business. And I just want to quickly preface it with this. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, it, no matter what your goal is, whether you are a professional, whether you are a work-at-home mom or stay-at-home mom or dad or, or an artist or athlete or anything, that episode, the next episode, is going to be very specific to any goal. So just because you don't have a business, I don't want you to write that off. I want you to listen to both of these episodes because they really come together. In both of them, I'm sharing the biggest lessons I learned and what's ahead in 2020, both personally for my goals and for my business. My hope here is that hearing my journey, I hope that you can hear that there are ups and there are downs. And in any successes you may see that there are always both of those things. I hope that you can hear what worked for me and maybe learn a few things that you can try too. And my goodness, if I could save you from making some of the same mistakes I made too, I really hope I can do that. In these episodes, I really want to speak to you heart to heart, friend to friend. These are my real lessons. They are unfiltered, unedited, and they are real. So for those of you that really want to know what it looks like behind the scenes of my life, the the good, the bad, the messy, the motherhood, the real estate investing, the people pleasing, the perfectionism, the wifing, all of the things, here is what worked and what didn't and what I believe can really help you. Before I dive all the way in though, I want to give a big shout out to our amazing Golden Girl, Evenstar. Evenstar. So she took part in our 100-day challenge, and I'm a big fan of 100-day goals, and I'm sure I'll talk about them more on future episodes. But her goal was to have a 100-day creativity challenge, and she went in with an open mind to every day in some way to flex her creativity. And she did it for 100 days. And this woman, I mean, she's an incredible powerhouse, but she had a lot of reasons why she didn't have to do this or why it would have been pretty much impossible to do it, starting with the fact that she works really long days, like 14, 15-hour days. And she still found a way to do it. Um, And she recently shared with us, which was so cool, that she, for 100 days, some days she just read an art blog or she followed a new artist on Instagram. Other days she spent six or more hours painting in her studio and she really just held space for her artistic side with no expectations of outcome or anything else. And I want to, first of all, celebrate you, Evenstar, because that is incredible. I love, and I hope you guys can hear this too, there's a couple really cool things that she did. You know, she set an intention for what she wanted without a heavy expectation expectations. Your goals don't need to have metrics. Your goals don't need to always be so specific and measurable and like so restraining that they're not even fun. She had a goal that was joyful and fun and to find her artistic voice every single day. And that's an amazing goal. And so I want you to think about too, as you go into your goals for the new year, that it can be whatever you want it to be. It can be fun. It can be playful. It can be creative. And there's also some real power in doing it consistently. Every single day she did something big or small, and so my friend, that's one of the lessons that I'm gonna share with you guys too, is consistency matters, and it mattered for Evenstar, and it'll matter for you too. So Evenstar, thank you so much. Congratulations for 100 days. I love that you have a new mindset about arts, that you've created an experience, and that you even found a new painting medium. So freaking cool. And you guys, definitely, I'm gonna link to Evenstar here below. Check out her art, it is absolutely stunning. For anybody listening, take away this too. Think about how what an interesting goal this is and what a different way to approach them is and it worked. Like She's stoked and so proud and the work she's created is absolutely beautiful. So take the pressure off to always have super specific or measurable goals. Think about the intention and how you want to feel, go in with an open mind and show up consistently. All right, let's share the good stuff. You can actually hear about my real life mistakes now. My hope for you listening, by the way, is that you hear my successes and my failures And this inspires you to reflect for yourself because I, you're going to hear a lot of my lessons, but I know you have your own too. I hope this gives you ideas of what to try and again, mistakes that you can hopefully avoid for the new year. Okay, so let's start with the positive. What worked personally? Well, I'm going to talk about this on a whole other episode, but I just want to shout this out and that a lot of great things happened in my business and I just really genuinely had a lot of fun. There was a lot of really exciting moments. I got to do a lot of the things that I really enjoy. And I'm really proud of what I built this year. And that's such a huge win for me personally in my heart and my soul. You know, this this podcast, and I'll talk about this in the next episode too, but it's been such a platform for me to really bring joy and to have joy in my life and to hear all the amazing feedback from you guys. It is such a gift. So while I know that the whole business thing is like something maybe separate, from a personal perspective, from my heart, from my soul – It's been so good for it, and so thank you for fueling that side of me. Thank you for supporting my business. Thank you for supporting this vehicle, this podcast, and for being a part of that, and I just genuinely had so much fun that I wanted to really share that from a personal perspective because it really was not about the money. It really wasn't about the numbers or targets or things like that. Like, it's about how I wanna feel, and personally, it's been really fun and really rewarding in so many ways. Okay, now here's something that I went into from the year wanting to fail a lot more. And I challenged myself to do this a little differently. My goal was to fail 100 times. So that's 25 times a quarter. So every three months I would sit down, I always do this, I reflect and I would say, okay, how can I fail 25 times? A lot of times when I do my weekly planning, then I'd be like, okay, I need to fail at least a couple times a week. And if you look at this 100 failures, that's basically failing twice a week, every week. And I wasn't sure how this was going to go. I thought maybe I'd run out of things or this would just be so uncomfortable. But I have to say, this has been one of the coolest things that I did. I got so comfortable failing. I failed at being the top blogger this year. I didn't win the award. I failed at my certification and CTI. I had a lot of people saying no to joining my programs or working with me. I got a lot of calls that said no. I pitched a lot of articles that said no. And I also had a lot of successes from it. I mean, I'll talk about a lot more of those two later down the road. But really, it was the process of getting comfortable with Being uncomfortable. That is the biggest win. It was so cool for me personally. I every couple days I'd look back and say, okay, what can I do to fail? And it, it just like got me excited to do things that were uncomfortable and got me outside of my comfort zone. I never would have applied to be Vancouver's top blogger this year. I never would have gone for my certification. I never would have gotten some of the amazing podcast guests that I got. Or, you know what? Honestly, I wouldn't have taken some days off because I would have been so afraid of not hitting a target. And this time I just said, you know what? I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to have it fall flat. I'm willing to challenge myself and do things differently than I normally would. Some days failing meant that I took a nap instead of doing the work that I thought I should be doing because my body really needed it. And some days it meant that I worked harder than I've ever worked before. But this whole concept of getting comfortable with failure, it was so cool and you better believe I'm going to be doing it year after year after year. In fact, I'm even going to up the ante and try and do it 50 times a quarter. So that's going to mean I'm going to have to fail pretty much four times a week pretty much every day. So stay tuned for more on that. Another thing that worked for me was doing workouts at home. My husband Troy works away for two weeks at a time and for two weeks he's home. But when he's away, I found it really hard to get in consistent exercise because it was just me and the baby. Now, I this year signed up for something totally different, and I want to share it, something that I was pretty resistant to for a while. But I really opened up, and I'm so glad that I did. So I joined a 100-day workout challenge through Beachbody, and one of my good friends is Michelle Ayers, and I'll link to her below, by the way, because she's amazing. She was, she is a Beachbody coach, and she invited me to be a part of this challenge. And I thought, you know what? This actually sounds really cool uh, to work out for 100 days in a row and get it done, and I could do it on my own terms. And Let me tell you, I started it at like the hardest time. I started it when we were on vacation and I was trying to get my podcast and I was traveling to four different places. And okay, full disclosure, did not do all 100 yet. I'm at about 65 but it was one of the best things I did this year. I love that I was able to work out from home. I would usually get up early in the morning and I would work out before Sonoma wakes up. Like this morning I got up and, and did it early and then get showered and then be ready for my day. So I love that I can do it at home. I loved having a coach. Michelle's been an incredible support for me and really just checks in and holds me accountable. And the workouts are so, so fun. They're like 20 minutes to 30 minutes every day, it's like doable, and just, it's been a really cool challenge. So even though I didn't hit the full 100, and I gotta say, by the way, every day, since I started this in August, it is now December 30th as I record this, every single day I have moved my body in some way, every single day, so I've done that. I didn't quite hit all the 100 of the actual workouts, but it got me more consistent than I have been in a really long time, basically since I had Sonoma. It got me working back out of home. It got me weightlifting again, which I love. I wanted to feel strong, and that's what it did. So doing this challenge was absolutely incredible. In the new year, I'm going to be finishing it off, hopefully in the next couple weeks, and I've already signed up for the next one, which is a bar challenge of six weeks. So I love doing these workout challenges. I love finding ways to do it at home, and it's just been such a great work- way for me to be more consistent about exercise, even though I'm solo parenting for a lot of the time. So that was something that really worked well for me, and I can't wait to do it again next year. Pretty much, by the way, I should say, anything that worked well this year, I'm going to be carrying forward because that's how we do it. Alright, personally, another thing that worked really well, and I know this tie, kind of ties on business, but it's important, but focusing on just my business and having that be something that I said out loud and was very conscious about. I really believe in the power of focus, and not because there's books about it or because other people tell me to do it, but because it actually worked for me. When I knew what my yes was, my big yes was my business, it makes it so much easier to say no to a lot of things. I let our house get messy some days so I could actually spend time with Sonoma or work on my business or spend time with Troy instead of just always feel like I was working are always tidying. This level of prioritization, being able to say no to a whole bunch of things really helped me in terms of my mental clarity and just simplifying things. I didn't have to make decisions all the time. I was like, hey, does this serve my business or does this like immediately time with my family or something that I need? If not, it's a no. And so the power of focus for me really became true and clear in so many ways. Another really great thing that worked this year was learning about cycle syncing i uh, got to start out by saying I am not an expert in this, and one day I will bring my friend Laura Shirell onto this to teach more about this. But let me say this a, l- a little bit, and this is for the women that are listening. Cycle syncing is basically matching up where you are in your hormonal cycle to what you're doing in your daily life, and that includes activities, the kind of exercise you do, the food that you eat, and just mentally how you show up. So this was a totally new concept for me. I knew that I had different cycles and different different... different parts of my my body and my flow and everything, but I didn't really know how it all fit together and how I could actually use that to apply to my body. Well, I learned this year from Laura. She was one of our experts in Golden Girls Mastermind, and I learned so much from her. Basically, your body goes through four different distinct cycles of different hormones coming through your body, and you'll feel different in each one of those. The biggest thing for me was learning to listen to my own body and learning to figure out when I felt like I could get up early and do the hard workouts and try new things and speak on stages and record podcasts, and when I felt like I needed to really cocoon in and rest more and give myself permission. One of the biggest things I learned about myself is that the day or two before my period, I'm a little crazy. And I always was somebody who was like, oh, I don't get PMS, and I, I've been very blessed that I don't have a lot of horrible um, PMS symptoms or anything like that. But what I noticed was this pattern that a day or two before my period, I would feel like my my life was over. I was questioning every life choice. I was thinking that I just sucked at everything and I couldn't believe what I was doing. I was feeling very overwhelmed and very anxious. And literally a day or two later, I'd be like, wow, everything's fine. And then I'd get my period. So this was such a great realization for me and such a game changer. What I started to do was a, realize this. And this is my tip, by the way, for you. If you're listening and you're like, oh, what do I even start? Start with this. Pay attention to the times where you feel like your li- life is over and the world is ending and see if two or three days later if that's still there. Because I think often we go through this as part of our cycle and we we overwhelm ourselves and we don't realize that we need to take a bit of a break. And I think that our body forces us to do that in some ways. So don't make big decisions right before your period. That's not something that I've learned. And also what I consciously try and do, and it has not been perfect every single month. I'm still working on this. But I really try to take the day or two around my period off. Like nothing on my calendar besides obviously motherhood, nothing extra, and I give myself permission to do whatever I need to do. Sometimes I feel like I can do some work and off you know sometimes I've had to it hasn't been a choice that I've that I've been able to do yet. But a lot of the time, I give myself that permission or I even put it in my calendar. It's always in my calendar and I look at it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to consciously put less things on that schedule and if I feel like making major life decisions like quitting my business or going to hole up in a cave for six months and never coming back out, I think, hey, maybe I'll revisit this decision in two or three days when I feel a bit better and I always, always, always do. So cycle thinking is something that was really positive for my my mental well-being, for my body this year and I can't wait to learn more about it next year and I really hope to bring on Laura or someone else who can help us with this topic because I think this is something that really changed for me and I, I think it might be able to help you, all the ladies out there as well. Something else that worked really well in my personal life is dates with my husband. Oh, This is so essential. I can't even believe how having a baby has just shifted everything. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to this, but when I had a baby – It felt like my whole world, it was like this earthquake. And all of a sudden, all these cracks that I didn't, that were just little itty bitty cracks before, it just shook my whole foundation and these cracks became giant. And these cracks showed up in my own self-worth, in my own self-care, my relationship with my husband, in my work, in my relationship with my parents, like all of these things. The little itty bitty cracks just exploded when I had this birthday. when I had this birthing, this birthing, this baby. (laughs) And it just felt like this earthquake came and shook everything up. One of the things that's really helped, I do believe this, helped keep Troy and I connected through the challenges of being new parents is doing date nights and being very intentional. Pretty much at least every month, if not more, we go on a date. And I want to say this. I, I know babysitters are not cheap and they're not easy to find, but we have made sure to find a way. We have traded babysitting nights with other moms and dads, so we'll like take their kid for an evening and they can go have a date and then we trade it the other way. So that way it's totally free. We have, whenever we have family come to visit, we always ask, hey, could you guys watch Sonoma for a night so we can go out? And our family is so, we're so blessed. Like they've been really glad to help out, which is awesome. But we've had to ask, you know, we've had to say, hey, this is what we want. If you're going to come for four days, could for at least one of those evenings, could you make sure you watch Sonoma so we can do something for us? And a lot comes when we have the, the power to ask for help. So I encourage you guys to do that too, to find trades or to ask for help we also had to hire sitters sometimes our family does not live here um especially friday and saturday nights like we didn't always have other people to trade with so yes we had to invest and i know that it's expensive but i really believe that our relationship is worth it and i hope that you see the same thing for you too that your relationship your marriage your your sanity—it's totally worth it, and I'm really glad that we kept this commitment. Now that Sonoma's in daycare, we've also been doing kind of day dates and lunches because Troy and I had a conversation where he mentioned that it felt like every time I had a moment, I was just working, which is the truth. And so we've now consciously been able to shift that and and do dates. So I think that this is such a such a big thing for me. And if you're listening and you've been busy with you know families or businesses or um, other kinds of goals you've got going on, and you've got a relationship like that is so important—quality time with people that are most important to you. Really matters so make it find a way to do it, it doesn't have to be expensive um, and if you do have to pay once in a while hey considering it an investment and not just an expense. Along the same line here Troy and I this year took two trips together without Sonoma which is pretty cool. So the first time we did for our five-year wedding anniversary we went and spent a couple days at Harrison Hot Springs and it was really nice to just basically sleep, that's a lot, like a lot of what we did and hung out in the pool and read books and just relaxed and that was so nice and honestly it was good for Sonoma too to be with her grandparents and spend time with them we also took a whole week off later this year in October. And I know most people when they have a week off with their husband and no kid, they go to like Mexico or Cuba or somewhere fancy. We went and looked at real estate properties in on the other side of the country in New Brunswick. So it wasn't like a relaxing vacation, but having a week together of just us and of traveling and having some kind of adventure was just incredible. And it made it reminded me, I was like, oh yeah, this is why we're together. This is why I love you. This is why we have so much fun together. And I I don't know that we would... Quite get that, even if we took a vacation with our daughter. There really is something so special about just being husband and wife, or, you know, the two of us, like who we were, who we are, who we, what the foundation of this family is. Um, So that's definitely something that I want to do every year is take a trip for at least us. And I think at least a week is nice. And Troy was so cute. He came back and he's like, you know, I think that was too long for me to be away from Sonoma, which is so sweet. Um, So we're going to have to figure that out. But I really, I really would love to continue doing the time, taking that time with him because it's just so special Special and I really appreciated that time with him. Okay, real talk. I just had to pause and ask Shorey if he's making noise downstairs. So if you hear some boxes moving, it's because we're taking down Christmas and uh, that's just real life at home. All right, another great thing that worked this year was doing my own personal growth. I went on a couple trips this year. I went to the Kajabi Impact Summit in California, I went to Tribe in Toronto, and did a conference here in Vancouver called Rise by the Ace Class. This year, I got to see some world class speakers. I learned from Rachel Hollis, Brendan Burchard, Shalane Johnson, Amy Porterfield, Danielle Laporte, Sarah Nicole Andre from Birds Papaya, Terry Cole, Mark Groves, and so many more. I am so grateful that I got to do these kinds of experiences. And I gotta be honest with you, I used to go to events like this, and then I would just come back right back and get into regular life. Like I would just be like, okay, well, I went and had my weekend of inspiration or whatever or or saw a speaker one night or did whatever and then like right back to life. And this year, I because I knew I had so much less time and because I think I finally realized what how amazing it is that I get this opportunity to go and learn for myself and grow and invest, invest really the time and the money, I decided to really make the most of it. So I got better at a couple things. I got better at connecting with people and with real humans while I was there and actually staying in touch afterwards because, hey… What's the value of networking if we're not actually continuing these relationships? I also got really good at streamlining my notes. I know I'm such a nerd. But like I have different pages now when I go to a conference or an event and I have a page on actions I want to take and a page for quotes and a page for ideas that I have. And so I'm not overwhelmed afterwards. I actually know what I can do afterwards to integrate. I've also gotten consciously good at taking a few days after every conference or after every major event and I block my calendar so I can build in the learnings and integrate and take action. So often we, you know, go to events or we read a book even or listen to a podcast, by the way, I should say, this like applies to everything, but we just like listen or we attend and then we go right back to life. And I really believe that there's so much power in integrating what you've learned, even if it's just one small thing, but being conscious about integrating it. So this is something that I want to do even more of next year. And you listen to this, maybe you make a commitment that you put aside half an hour every week in your calendar to integrate something you learned, whether it was from this podcast or from a book that you read or from maybe a mentor or someone you learned from at work. If you're going to events, block off a few days afterwards to actually integrate what you've learned. Otherwise, you're not going to get the full effects out of it. So I'm really proud of this year of getting out there, going to these events, focusing on my growth, and also learning to actually integrate what I've learned. Okay, this is something that's a little heavier, but it's something that, you know, I guess worked and and kind of didn't. So this year is the first time that I really struggle with anxiety, and I'll talk about this more in a bit. But I… Have been paralyzed some days and not able to to focus or work or just being so so upset and so in my head. So this year I actually l- leaned out and did something that was very uncomfortable for me and I decided to work with a psychologist to work on. Uh, in the beginning, it was around kind of my goals and just kind of getting to the next level, and it really transformed into working on my anxiety because that's what really came out so hard and so and all my projections. This is. Being my first time doing something like this and I gotta say it's been incredibly valuable. When I think about I was in a car accident about 10 years ago and the healing from that has included everything from acupuncture to occupational therapists and massage and physiotherapy and um, osteopaths and so many different things and I, I feel like with my personal growth it has been now adding on this different modality of a psychologist that is really phenomenal and really helping me grow, not not my body this time, not helping that heal, but helping my mind and helping my genuine, genuine energy and my soul and all of those good things. So I have worked with lots of coaches in the past, had mentors, which is incredible. And now having a psychologist and learning from this modality and this different perspective, it's made me a better person. It's brought different parts to my brain and to the way that I operate, the way that I show up. And it's also something new that I can also bring to what I'm sharing with you guys here and also with my clients. I always know that I can only go as deep with other people as I've gone myself. And so the more that I learn about myself, the more that I I push myself and challenge myself to get uncomfortable and to learn more about myself and to dig into my own shadows, the more I can help my clients too. So this was you know, such a win-win and it came from a bit of a dark place, from wanting more and from having this anxiety, but it's brought such a light in my life and I hope for you guys too. So I just wanted to share that as being something that's been a really big win and a big blessing in my life this year. Another thing that was really cool, well, our net worth grew quite a bit. We started investing several years ago now and honestly, we've been pretty good savers and it feels like it's just now starting to, to pay off. Uh, we own nine different real estate um, doors that pay us and they're starting to do well. It's been like some ups and downs for sure over the years but it's really starting to to just get consistent and we're starting to see some see some I guess growth and also stability which is really cool because we put in a lot of work over the last few years so it's really neat to see that actually paying off. We also saved a lot and there's pros and cons to this for sure. Um, I'll talk about (laughs) a couple in a bit. But as far as, you know, our our network and, and the security and I don't mean security in like this old-fashioned, tight way, but in the way that, like, we have freedom. That's what I mean, I guess. We have freedom. And that's really special. And the freedom to be able to choose how we want to live our lives, where we want to live, how we want to give back to the community and to, um, to the causes that we care about and what kind of businesses we choose to support, we have the freedom to do that. And that's really cool. So I'm very proud of that and that's something that we're obviously doing some good things. I think I should also say this, something that's really working is tracking it. Like, every probably three or four months, I just do a quick update on our net worth, to see how are we doing, up, down, where are our general accounts doing? And that's just a really great way, again, to reflect and look back and learn from. So if you don't already, I highly recommend that you create a net worth statement. Even if you only have two items on there and one of them is your closet, that's okay. But get started because that is, can be a great indicator of what direction generally you're heading in in terms of your financial freedom, if that is something that is important to you. And I know it is for us, so if that would help you, then I highly recommend doing a net worth statement and checking in. All right, here is another thing that worked really well for me personally. I have a hard time shutting off, I really do, and I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but it's really hard to, my my phone is just, it's so tempting. Um, One of the things I did, did just recently actually was setting limits on my social and turning off my email notifications. And I also have most of my notifications on social media turned off as well. And holy moly, this has helped so much. I can feel my anxiety significantly lowered just from turning my email notifications off. When I, also when I set those limits on social media, I have to sit consciously say, like, do I want to break this promise myself? And a lot of the times, I choose no, and it's gotten me out of like the mindless scrolling. It's gotten me out of the habit of checking my phone because there's no reward there. I don't get to see the the updates there. I can't go back into the app without really disappointing myself. I'm still not perfect. I still check my phone too often. I still spend too much time on it. I still take it to bed with me, which I'm hoping to change here soon. But taking the notifications off and setting those limits really has helped. So. I thought something that might help you too, I hope that that inspires you to look at what you might do, what tools you might be able to use for your phone to help it enable you to have a better year. Okay, next I want to share something that is both business and personal and was both a good and a bad. So last year, we made a conscious decision to travel way less, like basically no traveling. To give you some context, I am a big traveler. I love traveling. It's one of my passions. My vision boards always have pictures of exotic places. One of my goals was to hit 30 countries before I turned 30 and I did it. I've been to 34 countries now. The year before I had Sonoma, I was on the road for about 160 days. So like that was a lot of traveling and I loved it. So to make the decision to travel less and basically not travel at all was really, really hard. We did it though, we did it for two reasons. Number one it was for me to actually have the time to work, which was really hard to do because we had a little daughter and when we were traveling, it's it can be hard to work. You know, you don't necessarily get Wi-Fi and um, time zones are challenging and when I'm other places, I want to actually experience things too. So it was definitely something I had to work on. So we made the conscious decision to, to do less traveling so I could actually do my work. The other thing is we wanted to save money. At the end of 2018, we bought an apartment building and we wanted to invest in that. We also wanted to continue saving and putting money down on our mortgage. We have an ambitious goal of paying off our mortgage here in the next few years. We wanted to save money for Sonoma's um, education and for our own retirement. And so, yes, we could have traveled, but it would have meant that we wouldn't have saved as much money. And this is like a tough one. There is such a balance and we're still trying to figure this out. So I guess this is just me being honest here with you guys that I don't know what the answer is here. I really believe that there is some balance. You need to decide whether you're going to live life now some days or whether you're going to save for the future. And we have gone back and forth on that and we are finding the balance every every year, every month, heck sometimes every day like do we eat out because it's delicious or do we save money and cook in? All these things. But last year we did make the decision that we were going to save the money and continue to save aggressively for our futures. So, I got to say this, I still got to do some traveling. I went to California in April. That was the first time I got to be away from Sonoma for a couple of days, all for a personal growth conference. I got to go to Toronto, also by myself, without her and without Troy for a business conference. And in October, we went to New Brunswick, Troy and I. And by the way, I got to say, shout out to St. John. We went to New Brunswick and it's so such a cool city, such a great part of the country. It was super special. So I still got to do those things. We also went to the Vancouver Island for a few times. I got to visit family. I spoke at some events and I got to lead meetups for our Golden Girls community. So that was pretty cool. Like I still got to travel and I realized I probably sound like a giant whiner. Um, but hey, I'm here to be honest and um, judge away, I guess. <laughs> now, here were the pros. Here's what was good about this, conscious decision. So I spent way less time packing and unpacking, which is great because that takes a lot of time. I'm just the slowest and the worst. Even though I've got to do like little lists and everything, it still takes me forever. So less time, what felt like wasted and I had more time to work or more time to be present. The other pro is truly I was at capacity for most of this year. I cannot imagine trying to do anything more than I de- did. Another perk of not traveling was being able to build a great community here. We strengthened a lot of our friendships and community and got to do some really cool things. We really enjoyed Vancouver and living here. So that is to me is a huge pro of not traveling. And even though it was a tough decision and there, I'll talk about the cons here in just a minute, It like it was really special, and it's pretty cool to actually get to love where you live and experience it. So, that was, that was a really big win. Now, the con, I missed it. Oh my goodness. I just did a, my year interview, obviously. I also did my decade interview, and one of the things that came up as something I missed and could already feel some regret around was not traveling more. So, that was something that I definitely I did miss. So, while it was a pro you know we got to save some money it was a conscious decision I got to work more I felt like I was maxed out we got to enjoy the city more build some great friendships I did still feel like that there's a part of me that is a traveling soul and I absolutely love it so this year it's something we're going to look at again okay now let's talk about what didn't work there's a lot all right so first of all childcare. this is a big one And I'll probably talk about this in both episodes. And I want to acknowledge, first of all, this. Because there is a really big blessing here. And I think this is is the key here, by the way. With anything that didn't work, there's always a blessing. There's always a lesson. There's always, you know, many of these beautiful things that come from it. So I've got to say that I got to spend the majority of – the first 20 months of Sonoma's life with her, full time caregiver. Troy and I were her sole caregivers. We didn't have any, any help. We we had, I should say, we have our parents when they would come to town. They were really lovely and would help and take Sonoma so we could do dates. Took her for, for us to do a couple trips. But really, like day to day, it was Troy and I. And Troy's away for half the time. So for two weeks at a time, it was just me. So I am very grateful for those memories, for the, that time with her. And I know that it's such a special thing. And I'm sure for a lot of you guys listening, that might make you feel really jealous. And I know especially for those of you coming from um, the U.S. or other countries where you don't get things like maternity leave or it's just not as long as I'm grateful in Canada we get long ones. Um, but that was – like it is a gift. And so I know some of you guys may not understand what I'm about to say and that is okay. I really believe that the beauty of beauty of the community that we have and the beauty of the work that I get to do is that we are all different. And what's most important is that we listen to ourselves, what we need and what kind of life we want to create. So I am very grateful that I got to spend that time with Sonoma. And also, it was there were some hard things for it. Um, I am an entrepreneur, so I actually didn't get a maternity leave. I didn't get paid. Whereas most of my other friends, anybody in Canada that has a job, you, you get paid for that. And, and I didn't. The other Think about it, and this is like way more important than the money, which is that I personally love the work that I do. Like I love personal growth. I love writing. I love speaking. I love coaching. It is life-giving to me in so many ways. And for the first 20 months, basically until September, I could only work a few hours here and there and during naps and during early mornings and late nights and not being able to create and do what's in my heart was really challenging at times. You know, Troy has a big job and he's away for a long time. We have rental properties and so we were doing a lot and honestly, we were exhausted. Our relationship suffered. You know, we were just both at capacity all the time. So we lost some connection there. Our household organization, I talked about how it was really great that we prioritized, you know, work over household organization. But man, that that definitely suffered. Like a house is a bit of a mess and our life suffered in some ways. We finally got childcare in September full-time full and that just changed everything. And only now, you know, three months later do I finally feel like I'm starting to wake back up and I feel like I have the mental space for more things like texting people back, mind-blowing, right? Or planning get-togethers. There was just a lot of things that I didn't feel like I had the mental space or capacity for that I now do. So it's just really giving me back freedom and giving me back like this mental capacity which is amazing. I have to… I have to say this too you know the first day that Sonoma went to daycare Troy and I sat down for about an hour and we were like oh my gosh it's so great to just have a conversation together and here's the thing he is a morning person and I am a night person and so Sonoma obviously is awake for all the other hours so in the morning we try and talk and I was a bit of a zombie and at nighttime I try and talk to Troy and he was a bit of a zombie so it was just great to be able to have like a midday conversation uninterrupted like sounds small um but really, it was a big thing. The other really great thing is that Sonoma loves daycare. Like she's just having the best time. She's got great friends. She's learned a lot from being with other kids and a new care provider who was wonderful and treats her so well. It's really been amazing for our family. And I know that not everybody's family has these kinds of choices or these decisions or these situations. But this is just our experience, and I just wanted to share with you for me what really worked and what. Well, I guess what didn't work and what's now working really well. So we actually take her three to four days a week, not even full time. So we still do get the extra time with her, which is really special. But now we have space for ourselves. Oh, space. So nice. Okay, something else that I really struggled with this year was anxiety. So there was a lot of days something I never had before, but this year I found it some days so hard to focus or accomplish anything. I just got caught up so much in worrying. Like I would look at my to-do list and be like I can't even don't even know where to start because everything needs to get done yesterday. And I would basically spend the whole day just spinning and could not figure out how to even get started. I've struggled to be present for my daughter, for my husband, for for friends. Like I just would feel myself getting really anxious or thinking about my to-do list even when I did fun things that I would be doing fun things on the surface, but in the moment I was actually worrying or I'd be just making more mental to-do lists. And this is something that's a journey for me. I feel like I've gotten some some tools, which is really amazing. And I like even December versus November has been way better for me. And I know that it's going to be a journey. So I don't have all the answers. I'm figuring it out. It's something that was really hard, but I think I'm on the upswing. I think I'm learning some tools and I know that, um, I know that everything that's happening – to me is happening for me and for the lesson. And so I do keep looking at it like that and wondering, okay, what is this here to teach me? And I know it already it's been so much. Something else that did not work this year, I thought that having more time would fix my problem. I thought that Sonoma being in childcare would magically free everything up and my business would explode and everything would be okay. Not the truth. And I talk about this in episode 7 and 8 on time management, which if you haven't listened to them, go back and listen. More time for me actually meant more opportunity for destructions. It, made me stop focusing. It was like, oh, I have all this time. I can do whatever I want. And the truth is that no matter how much time you have, whether it is two hours a week or, you know, a hundred hours a week to do whatever your goal is, you still have to be focused because, trust me, there are a lot of things you can do and you shouldn't do them all and you just can't. Getting childcare... I thought it was going to help absolutely change the game and it, and it definitely has but it took a while to get there and it wasn't this thing that instantly having more time fixings. No, I had to keep and I will continue to have to keep recalibrating and figuring out what's actually important and stop putting everything on my can-do list on my to-do list and stop having busy as my default which are two of the things that I am now aware of which I would never have been if I didn't have a child and <laughs> didn't have this problem. So those are some of the lessons that came from Thinking that time would be the answer, it's not. And if you're listening to this being, being like, yeah, but Lisa, you don't understand. Time will fix things. I promise you it won't. If you have more time, you're just going to cram it like I did. So make sure you listen to episodes 7 and 8. They're so, so good. And I say that as humbly as I can, while also trying to encourage you to really go listen to them. Last thing that didn't go well, and I already touched on this, but I want to call it out is I miss traveling and this is why I love reflections by the way is because it's a chance to look back and be like okay what was good and what wasn't and so we did this reflection and I was like I missed some traveling and so this morning we just booked our trip to Mexico so there we are changing it up there is something that I learned and reviewed and I may not have actually picked up on what was missing from my last year if I hadn't reviewed so that's really the power of it so make sure you do your review and again I got the link to this my guide in the show notes com forward slash year and review do the review and heck you never know, you may end up on a trip to Mexico. <laughs> okay, what am I still working on? So some things I'm still working on and definitely gonna be probably forever. I mean, a lot of these things I'm gonna be working on forever, like the time management thing. I think it'll be a forever thing as a as a busybody person. Um, but something else I'm definitely still working on is getting over people pleasing and guilt. You know, even just now as I was listening to Troy downstairs making some sounds, I was like, hey, what are you what are you doing making sound? He's like, Oh, sorry, he's like, I guess I'll just sit in the in the corner and be quiet for the next half hour and I was like oh no no it's okay it's okay it's okay and that's just my default my default is I I want to be the nice girl I want to be the good girl and this is just an example of how it shows up but and this isn't really that big of a deal because you probably can't even hear him anyways but I often give up what I want or what's important to me for other people. So this is something that I'm still working on in figuring out my own standing in my worth and releasing the guilt and releasing the need to make everybody else happy and even the codependency, codependency that comes from that. So that's definitely been a journey and I'm really proud of how come, far I've come on this and this awareness. And also I know that this is probably going to be a lifetime journey for me and I'm okay with that. That's all right. I'm learning so much and and just getting better as much as I can. There were two really big lessons for me this year that I want to share with you guys. And the first one was is this whole concept of everybody around us being mirrors for us and that we are our mirrors for other people. So I talk about this in episode 11, which is around the holidays, about you know me snipping at my family. But this really comes up in everything, you know, what I've learned is that anytime that somebody else makes us angry, it's actually us, it's something in us that we don't like, a part of our shadow, our ego, our darkness, something that we don't like in our personalities. And what happens is we, that's why we don't like certain people, that's why certain people annoy us or trigger us and it's actually not about them, it, it's about us. And this is um, like very philosophical, very deep and a, and a tough one to learn but this has been a total game changer because I can see this in everything. The story I shared in the holiday tips is about me snipping at my mom and I was getting mad at her and, and snipping but I, what I realized deep down was it was because I didn't feel like I was good enough in that relationship. And so subconsciously what I was doing was then projecting that onto other people, making them not feel good enough and totally subconscious, did not realize this until I did my, my deep work and my reflecting and working with my coaches and my psychologists on this. But that allows me to then learn more about myself. And whenever anybody else triggers me, I'm like, ooh, what are they here to teach me? What is it about myself that I don't love? And how can I, you know, give this person grace and give myself grace? It has allowed me to judge myself less and judge others way less, for sure. I also have a lot less resentment and a lot less anger. I feel happier and feel more in flow. It's also been an incredible way to release, you know, as a people pleaser, it's so easy that anytime anybody gets mad at me or I feel like any kind of defensiveness or attacking towards me, I always take that really personally. And understanding this concept, I now realize that those things are actually, that people are mad at me about or, or I annoy, about, people find annoying about me, it's, it's not about me, it's about them. And that's not to, to be cruel or to, you know, say that I can never learn anything because I can, I can always be open to feedback. But it's to recognize that I don't have to own that and that that's their journey and what they're on and that I don't have to change myself, in fact I can't to make everybody else happy. That. Everybody's on their own journey, and I'm just mirroring back to them. And I am there for for you guys, for everybody, for for. And that's what you guys are there for me too. And what people in my life, we're here to learn from each other about ourselves. And so that has been like one of the biggest lessons, and it shows up in every part in my business, in my relationship, in my family dynamics, in my friendships, everything. This lesson, and it's a, it's a deep one. It's one that I will be working on forever. Probably makes me a hard person to be friends with because if you try and vent to me about someone else, I always try and figure out like what's this actually about? <laughs> so I apologize for all my friends, but this is, I think this is so game changing. So I hope that, that that little shift or you being open to that will change so many of your relationships too. The second big lesson for me was that focus really works. And at this season in my life, it is critical. I can't do all the things. I can't be volunteering for community programs, going back to school, starting my business, hosting all the mom play dates, doing all of the things right now. I just can't. And that's okay. And I'm all right with the focus. And I know that it's going to pay off. It's little tiny movements. Being consistent day after day after day is making a difference in my life, and that's what really matters. So being able to focus has simplified things, and for someone that's multi-passionate, this has been a little tricky, but I'm really proud of what I've been able to do from focus, and I believe in it now. And so just wanna say for all of you guys who love doing all the things, I feel you, I know you. but if you've struggled, if you felt overwhelmed, if you felt like there's too many things, focus. Focus really does help. It'll help you prioritize, help you simplify, and get the success that you want. Okay, so 2020, basically anything that worked well in 2020, I'm going to keep doing it. So definitely going to continue to focus. That's definitely happening. And I'm going to continue to fail. Like I said, that was such a fun thing. I love challenging myself and saying, okay, how can I fail today? And it really just got me thinking in different ways. So I'm definitely going to keep that up and integrate that all the time into every single week. Personally... I need more downtime. So I am putting that first. Like I just said, we just planned our vacation. It's actually happening in like two weeks. So that will definitely, definitely help. But I'm going to consciously put more downtime in the calendar because I think as an entrepreneur, as soon as I have a day in my calendar that I'm free or a free minute, I'm like, oh, what can I do off my work to do list? It feels like I'm never done. But That's led to me being, frankly, a little exhausted. And so I definitely need more downtime and more conscious time for me. So I'm making that happen. I'm going to sit down with my hubby over the next couple days and plan out a few vacation times over the year. And again, it doesn't have to be anywhere fancy. It probably won't be. But just the downtime and that's going to be really, I know, so helpful for me. Another thing is just keeping up with the exercise and even more of it. Um, I definitely reconnected with my habit of consistent exercise this year which is great and I love it and I just want to continue to do more of it so I'm really excited for that. The last thing I want to do personally is more conscious travel. So like I said, we just planned our trip, which is great. We are going to be visiting with family really close by, but a little family trip in March, which I'm already really looking forward to. There's thing about travel. It's not even about the experience always, or I mean it is, but it's also like what you, how excited you get looking up to it and the memories afterwards. It's just like the gift that keeps you on giving. And we're also possibly planning a little trip to our condo in Kelowna in in the summertime. So I think there's going to be a few other little things. So um, I'm looking forward to just having more travel and having that fun back in my life. One last thing I want to talk about. This has been, I guess I probably should have tied this in with the lessons, but hey, we're going to go with it. One of the things that I realized and that I'm still realizing and that I'm going to have to shift into the following year, into this year coming up, I guess I should say, is realizing that what got me here isn't going to get me there and this is with everything in my life this is with you know it took me different skills to start a business than it will to actually run a profitable one it takes different skills to find a romantic partner than it does to keep a romantic partner it is different skills with a newborn than it is with a toddler this is just everything in life that whatever it took to get us here it's always changing Let me give you an example of this where I realized is a high. By the way, this has gone in my business, and I'll I'll talk about the business one in the business episode, but let me talk about the one personally that's coming to my mind, and that is in my workout classes. As I mentioned, I was in a car accident about 10 years ago, and when I started exercising again, I had to be very conscious of what my body was feeling, and when I felt any pain, I had to stop. I had to work with trainers to make sure that I was using the right muscles, that I wasn't triggering more pain or um, making my injuries worse. And so over time, I, I what I had to teach myself was just like, I would tell myself, Lisa, you've showed up and that's awesome. Like, Lisa, you're trying or you did your best. And I'd have to say things like, Lisa, okay, that hurts. It's time to stop. And I would have to temper that. And I'd have to say, okay, everybody else in the room is is ahead of you and that's okay. You're just going to do it at your own pace. And that helped me show back up. That's helped me for the last 10 years to build back the strength and be able to continue to exercise and run seven half marathons from there. Now what I've realized too is that now I've got some strength back and those same thoughts and voices and messages are actually holding me back. It's holding me back some days from giving it my all and I as soon as I start to hurt and again I should let me be really clear on this. Like, as soon as I start to hurt, period, I'm like, oh, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. That's hurt. Hurt is bad. I've associated that thing, even though the things that I'm doing are they're not the one. They're not the injuries that I'm triggering. It's just tr- triggering my muscles getting stronger. So they actually holding me back from what I'm capable of. And just saying, hey, Lisa, you showed up. That's good enough. I mean, that was good enough then. But right now, I really need to. I want to feel stronger. And so that's going to mean, hey, you know what? Can you do two more reps than you did yesterday? That's going to mean, hey, could you run a little faster than you did yesterday? Or could you run a little bit further? It's going to mean challenging myself because what got me back into shape and got me back to consistent consistent exercise isn't what's going to make me stronger, isn't going to be what's going to put me in the best shape of my life, which is what my intention is. So this is where it's an example of what got me to this place won't get me where I want to go. And so I want to just share that and also challenge you to look in your life. Where else can you shift your mindset and the stories that you're telling yourself, you know, good and bad to shift those to where you want to go. So That was a lot. That's basically my, all my thoughts and my heart on the table for you. I truly hope that sharing this makes you decide to do something different. If you haven't already, please hit pause on your year, reflect and figure out what worked, what didn't, and what's next for you. I know. I know I feel it. It is so tempting, especially if it feels like we failed or our year didn't go as we intended to or we had a tough one. It's so tempting to skip over the review because you think, I just I just want to write that off. I want to forget about it. I never want to think about it again. But My friend, I highly, highly want to like shake you right now and say dive in and check in. There's a free playbook you can grab right now to review your year. And so go get it at lisamichaud.com forward slash year review or get that link in the show notes. I promise you it's going to be worth your while and no matter how your year went, you are going to learn from it. More than likely, you're going to find something to celebrate because there is always something positive, even in the mistakes, even in the messiness, there's always something to learn and always something that's going to make you a better person and set you up for more success. Stay tuned for the next episode, what worked and what didn't with my big goal, growing my business. And this episode is not just for entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, whether you are a professional or working at home or an athlete or pretty much having any goal, you can apply those lessons to yours. My biggest wish after hearing this, oh my gosh, I just hope that you hear and you know that no matter whether you finish this year better than you imagined or if you cannot wait to close the book on it, you're enough. You have lived, you have learned, You have learned from my ups and downs. My wish is for you to know that anything is possible for you in 2020 and beyond. Take the things from me that you think might help you and apply them, integrate them. You have the power to create any life that you want. So set the intentions and have the audacity to go for it. At the end of 2020, if you do that, you will be celebrating your best year ever. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I have a question and a request to ask if you have a friend or a coworker or a family member who you know needs to hear this, and it, or they're asking you, hey, what's a good podcast recommendation? Please, please, please share this with him or her. Our little podcast, it relies on you, our incredible community of listeners, to help us spread the word and help us grow. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support this year, and I cannot wait for even more amazing episodes to connect with you in 2020.